1: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the revolution. We've picked up a pirate radio signal. Oh, hello. You
2: wanted it. Thank you for being here. We delivered it. What are you waiting waiting for? Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV.
3: It's gonna take a lot to drag me away from you. A Ford. A Ford? Well, (laughs) of course a Ford. You know, I got to be honest, every time Toto comes on the song Africa, I change the (laughs) channel. Don't you? I don't like that song. Oh, I love it. Do you know this song? Mm, I've heard it. What other songs do they sing?
4: I don't even know that they have another song.
3: (laughs) I don't know either. All right, so we are talking chasing adventure on this week's show. And we have, in my opinion, one of the most interesting men in the outdoors. The most prolific outdoorsman I've ever met in my life. It's Cat Daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so we do have Cat Daddy on. Uh, But first and foremost, we're going to have Chris Dorsey, the host of Sporting Classics TV. It's Sundays, 1030 a.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. And I got to tell you something. If you
4: have not had the pleasure of watching his show, you got to do it. The cinematography is wonderful. He takes you to interesting places with interesting people. He hasn't taken
3: us, though. I, I think that, honest to God, Indiana Jones was like... Made after him modeled after him Oh, totally You know Harrison Ford is a weenie Chris Dorsey is cool Yeah Anyways, he's going to join us For a special four-part interview He's going to be hopping on In like 30 seconds with us He's actually on hold right now Uh, He's going to be joining us Cat Daddy's going to join us We're going to have this Really sophisticated conversation And then we're going to talk about Shad guts with Cat Daddy (laughs) It's going to be amazing
4: It's going to be From the
2: sublime to the ridiculous (laughs) Exactly All right, so let's get to Chris Dorsey We're doing it we're chasing adventure this week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Now kicking off a four-part interview with Chris Dorsey, host of Sporting Classics TV, Sundays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. Hey, folks.
4: We're chasing adventure on this week's show, and if we're doing that...
3: We gotta be chasing Chris Dorsey. You gotta do it with Mr. Worldwide. He hunts everything and he does it with style. Mr. So Chris it. Dorsey. Jim Shockey called, he wants to be Chris Dorsey. Jim Shockey called. He said, Chris, how can I be as cool as you? Uh he's the yeah, host of
5: somehow I doubt that. <laughs> Sporting classics TV.
3: All new season five just kicked off. Sundays, 10 30 uh AM Eastern Time, outdoor channel. Mr. Chris, how's it going, man?
5: Great to be with you guys. Happy summer.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, you have done a
4: lot of traveling since we've talked last. I don't think you've been on in over a year.
5: Well, you know, it's uh, it's an occupational hazard, but somebody's got to do it. I just got back from, uh, from Tanzania about a week ago, as a matter of fact, and uh, we were chasing Cape Buffalo. Actually, one of these episodes will be on this season, too. You know, and and people ask me all the time, what's your favorite animal to hunt? If if there's one critter you could hunt, what would it be? And, of course, I give them a a, a truncated version of that. I I say, well, there's really three critters, a cape buffalo, a white-tailed deer, and a bobwhite quail over over pointing dogs. That's kind of the deal.
3: You go from one seemingly harmless to the most dangerous. (laughs) I like it. It's a very wide spectrum of what you like to hunt. But honest to God, when I think of Chris Dorsey personally – I mean, dude, there is nothing you won't do. You are like the epitome of adrenaline junkie. You're so sophisticated, but you're like wild and it's intimidating. It really
1: is.
5: <laughs> well, there's something about dangerous game hunting. You know, when I got into this about uh, 20 years ago, chasing big critters, things that could chomp, stomp, gore, or chew you, um, it, it changed the game. I mean, I really grew up as a bird hunter, loved gun dogs, still do but uh, but once you go dangerous game hunting there is to your point there is a an adrenaline rush there's something very heightened you know it seems like the dna is is uh, firing on all synapses and and uh, and it's just it's sort of an electricity that unless you do it it's hard to describe but but it's also that sense of you you can't make a mistake if you make a mistake There are serious consequences, not just for you, but for other people around you and in your party. So that just that really, I think, focuses you. Look, I don't jump out of airplanes, (laughs) but I will walk up to a Cape Buffalo and an elephant and a brown bear. I'll call in a brown bear on Kodiak and all that kind of stuff. I I feel like I've got some semblance of control of that. I'm, I'm fairly handy with a rifle after all these years, et cetera. So I feel like I've got some. Semblance of control of that situation, as opposed to say jumping out of an airplane, but uh, but it really is something that is kind of addictive, and I you know you got to graduate into it. People don't shouldn't anyway start with dangerous game. You got to kind of grow into this, and, and a lot of people don't. A lot of people stay with birds and and deer, and that's all great. I mean, I I love all that stuff as well. But but for me, once I started hunting dangerous game, it really was something. Very, very different than anything else, and, and I, yeah, I'm a little bit addicted to it.
4: Yeah, several years ago, we uh, interviewed uh, Dick and Mary Cabela, and, of course, they wrote a book called Two Hearts in Tanzania. And now uh-huh. you were just recently hunting in Tanzania. Is What's the mystique about Tanzania for you?
5: I mean, I think Tanzania is this place, I think about a third of the entire country now is in reserves. And uh, and so it's, it's always had the, the biggest, the meanest most aggressive buffalo and, and part of that is is owing to the fact that, you know, the Maasai are grazing cattle in and out of buffalo country and all that kind of stuff. And what happens then is you get a lot of human contact. With these buffalo, you get Maasai chucking spears into these buffalo, which uh, you know you might imagine irritates them just a little bit, and, <laughs> and they 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 see a human form and they don't really care. You know they're 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 non discriminatory. They'll come for for Maasai, they'll come for white hunters, they'll come for whoever, and uh, and they just tend to be more aggressive than a lot of buffalo in other parts of Africa. So I think when you're when you're hunting dangerous game and in Tanzania you always have that sort of sense of uh, you know these are these are a little bit different these buffalo than than what at least i've encountered in other parts of africa but it's but it's just the vast game reserves tanzania has done a very nice job of managing you know, their wildlife in general, and it's such a big economic driver for that, for that country. In fact, I'm posting a piece in Forbes today about what's going on in Tanzania relative to the Maasai and the growth of cattle. And, yeah. you know, they're going to have to figure out how they manage the cattle and the, in the wildlife and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's going to be a challenge for them because the Maasai culturally have such a, such a mystique around the world and, and everybody wants to preserve that. But at the end of the day, You know, they're growing their cattle populations to the point where it's really not sustainable. If in fact you want to have wildlife, well, the wildlife is what generates the revenue for the country. So that's the, that's the crux of the issue right now. And that's what I write about. But it's, it's an amazing place. I mean, Tanzania has it all. It's got the big five. It's got amazing landscapes and vast areas. It's got the crater and. And incredible parks and migrations of the wildebeest. And when you see the when you see the crocs, the huge crocs just feasting on those wildebeest as they they come swimming across the river or try to swim across the river. I mean, that's the place, right? It's kind of the cradle of man and the cradle of. Of wildlife in the world, right there. So yeah, it's a it's a special place.
3: Going back to dangerous encounters, I, I love when you're when you're telling a story and everyone's on the edge of their seat. You always have a story that can top that. Uh, for instance, you know you caught up to the bulls in Tanzania as you're going in to recover the bull. We got to hear the story. Lions come in, but you said it reminded you of you a hunt when you're in uh, Montana going after elk, and I think a bear came in, a grizzly. Um, but what happened in Tanzania when you're going to recover your bull? Did the lions come in?
5: Yeah, you guys are doing your homework again. I, I always feel like I learned something about myself when I talk to you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it was it was this incredible encounter. We had been on this buffalo for quite a while, and it was a it was actually two bulls that uh, we we saw from a distance and and knew both of them were were good, but one was especially good, and and so we, we snuck in, they were going to water, and we kind of triangulated, all right, we think they're going to water, it's early in the morning, buffalo have to drink every day, so very often you start a buffalo hunt around water holes, because that's where you pick up the track, and then you take them out from there. But, uh, but we happened to sort of intersect them as they had, had just gotten to this water hole. We snuck around, <clears throat> excuse me, in this, in this beautiful bull. I mean, he was heavy, big drops and, I mean, a uh, 42, 43 inch wide, but, wow. but had a huge boss as well, great hooks. I mean, everything you're looking for in a buffalo. There he is, 45 yards away, kind of, kind of next to a little bit of a bush, and he has that who the hell are you look (laughs) as uh, as we come around the corner, get on sticks quickly. It was that quartering front shot I shoot, and it just bucks up, does exactly what it should have done. And I love that quartering shot because you can hammer the shoulder. And I was using solids on on the first shot, and and it just busted him. I hit him one more time as he runs into the bush. That's kind of like an island around this puddle of, of water that they were drinking at and uh, so we sort of sit there we can hear some heavy breathing coming out of there he's he's seriously wounded but buffalo tend not to die with one shot I mean they're, you know, I've I've taken I don't know, 15 to 20 buffalo something like that in my my hunting career over there and, and wow. uh, I think I think I've shot two with one shot that dropped to the shot the rest are, are just super tough I mean they're shock absorbers for lead and uh, there's really no gun too big for a buffalo so So you just put as many rounds into them as you can and and put them in the boiler room as much as you can as well. So we waited. We heard this buffalo breathing heavily, and and then sort of one of the trackers snuck around about 50 yards to the side and got a different perspective on this bush. He could see some horn in there, so I snuck around with the PH uh, Harpreet Brar from Rungwa Safaris and got on sticks, hit it one more time, and he bucks up. And again, I couldn't see it that clearly, but I could make out by the position of his horn where this buffalo, you know, the shoulder was, et cetera. So I hit it again, and then about maybe five, ten minutes later, we start hearing a bellow. Typically, that means they're dying. I mean, normally it's called the death bellow for a reason. It makes sort of one big bleh, and that's sort of the the end of it. Well, this guy didn't get the memo. He kept bellowing, (laughs) and I thought, you know, I don't know what's going on here, why this thing isn't dying. So we moved in. Kind of position with the with the vehicle, just to to try and see if we could see it, so we didn't have to go into the super thick stuff and get charged at five yards. And uh and then as we did that, these lions come up from from right behind us. I mean, oh, there's 20 feet behind us. Wow. And it's a whole pride. I mean, it's it's six seven lions, and and they're you know the the, the lionesses are are twitchy. Their their tails are up and twitch, and they're looking right through us to where this buffalo is dying, right? I mean, they had no interest, no fear of us Mm. and they had no real concern of us whatsoever. They just wanted to get to that buffalo and of course, we're, we're trying to make sure we can cut them off, yeah. so we can get to the Buffalo before the Lions do. Once the Lions get to the Buffalo, you know it, it's game over at that point. You're not gonna, you're not gonna chase them off. You're gonna end up walking in and having to shoot one, and and you just can't do that. You bet. <laughs> hey,
4: Chris, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? You bet. I'm here. Okay. Hey, we're talking with Chris Dorsey. He is the host of Sporting Classics TV, and if you haven't got that Sporting Classics magazine, you got to get it. But uh, his uh, TV show was
3: on Sundays, 10:30 a.m. on Outdoor Channel. On uh, Mr. Chris learn more about you the all new season five sporting classics tv what you have going on where can we find you online buddy
5: you know sportingclassicstv.com the website or uh, at sporting classics instagram
4: you bet hey more chris dorsey right after this
2: The Revolution with Jim and Trev will continue right after these
1: messages. Tuesday nights on Outdoor Channel, our favorite hunters bring you their favorite moments. Smoked his butt. Look at that thing. On Mossy Oak Moments, we'll be chasing long beards, big white-tailed bucks, high country giants, and more. Hi, right, let's go get some deer. We'll also help you sharpen your wildlife management skills on the gamekeepers of Mossy Oak. Look at the head on that deer. Mossy Oak Moments, Tuesdays beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel.
0: High Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com.
2: The Revolution with Jim and Travis back. Today we're chasing adventure. Now let's rejoin Chris Dorsey, host of Sporting Classics TV, Sunday's 1030 a.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at myoutdoortv.com. Here's part two. Hey, we are back.
4: We are talking chasing adventures on this week's show. And I got to tell you, exciting story that old Chris relayed about a Cape Buffalo. But I have to tell you, Chris, when I took one over in South Africa, I remember downing the animal as I'm walking up to it. And, you know, probably the most dangerous time uh, for a Cape Buffalo hunter is when it's on the ground and it's still alive. Because I watched his eye follow me the whole distance. I, that was spooky. Mm,
5: yeah, that's uh, that's why you always approach from behind, right? I mean, it uh, gives you a little bit more time to react. It takes them more to to spin around, all that kind of stuff. But even if you think it's dead, right? The old saying, the dead ones kill you. <laughs> um, you know, that's that's why you do it, right? You walk up from behind, and and you're always loaded, and uh, and very often put an extra round into them just to just to be sure, even before you approach. Yeah, they, they can't be dead enough when it comes to buffalo. I mean they're just incredibly tough. And and look, you know, a buffalo before it's shot seems you know, seems a bit like a cow walking in a pasture. But once the bullet's unleashed, everything changes. It's a completely different animal. So we did a series on Outdoor Channel for many years. I think it was like ten, twelve years called Dangerous Game and then oh, it became yes. deadly hunts. Yeah. And uh and it's on my outdoor TV and, and all that fun stuff. But it's an incredible series. It really it, it tracked all the dangerous game hunting in the world, but particularly Africa. And, and look, we interviewed somebody who had been, you know, hit by whatever the critter was that was hunted. If it was an elephant, an elephant show. We interviewed somebody who had survived an elephant encounter, an elephant attack, and buffalo, lion, leopard, et cetera, all of those things. And and really, every one of their stories started with, I made a bad first shot. Oh, and yeah. uh, when it comes to dangerous game, that first shot is everything.
3: Yeah. Now, talking about odd encounters you took an animal, and I don't even know how to pronounce it, Mr. Chris. It's like half giraffe, half gazelle. It does look like an alien, as you described it. What is the name of that animal? I, I, what is that?
5: Yeah, it's, it's the Garinuk, You know? it's a, it's a very It has a very small range in Tanzania, and, and maybe they're in, uh, in Ethiopia as well. I'm not 100% sure on that, but, but it's a peculiar little animal because they, they stand on their back legs to feed up in the acacias that are above other grazers. So it's a it's an adaptation for their environment, and they live in a, a pretty arid part of of Africa. So they they want to be above <clears throat> excuse me want to be above the the grass, and they want to be above what other critters can reach. So they can get above the traditional browse line and feed on acacia. And acacia, of course, are are full of thorns. Mm-hmm. But like a giraffe, they can purse their lips and just pull the. Pull the the green chlorophyll and the leaves off without uh, you know piercing their their tongue and lips and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, they're a very strange looking animal. But it's one I've seen and known about for a long time. And and when you see them mounted in trophy rooms, very often they're mounted standing up. Well again because they're the only antelope that does that and because of their long neck and kind of strange look they're they're called the giraffe gazelle mm. and uh, anyway so it was fun to fun to catch up with one of those after having done this for about 25 years in Tanzania I'd always wanted to get one so, uh, you know, when you've been there 50 plus times across all of Africa, you kind of run out of new things to chase. Holy cow. Fifty times. You serious? Yeah. You know, it's uh, once upon a time I used to do a lot of consulting work in, in sporting travel in Africa. So I got to go a lot. And, uh, and, and spent a lot of time over there and, and, love Africa. I mean, Africa is so diverse and different. And, and, you know, look, there's, there's very affordable packages for people that think it's too far away. It's just beyond their reach, et cetera. It really isn't. When you start looking at the cost of some of the North American hunts or Alaskan hunts, it's much more affordable to do say a plains game hunt in South Africa or Namibia and it's a wonderful place I mean there's just nothing like Africa so if you if you at all can can save your, your pennies to, to get over there it's well worth it
3: Alright once again hanging out with Mr. Chris Dorsey the host of Sporting Classics TV uh, you can check it out Mondays 12.30pm Eastern Time Tuesdays 7.30am Eastern Time uh, Thursdays 2.30pm Eastern Time Sundays 430 and 10.30am Eastern Time and it will air this way all the way through the end of 2023 so lots of sporting classics tv action to pick up now i'm sitting here i'm looking at amazing photos of you in tanzania this incredible cape buffalo you took and now i'm looking at you at a photo in bolivia and you're holding up a dorado the size of a bass boat i mean oh my god this thing is massive chris
5: you know what a what a great trip that was i mean i (laughs) i I took uh, I took one of my twins down there, and and he's a he's a seriously good fly fisherman. Ties his own flies. Mm. He's about six three, so he can cast the, <laughs> the, the the length of the river. Uh, and he, you know, he just mopped up the river. I mean, it was it was really fun to watch him sort of just relish the moment down there. And and uh, yeah, the golden dorado might be the greatest freshwater game fish on our planet. Tiger fish and. And uh, peacock bass are in that mix, our own largemouth bass. But the golden dorado is just savage. It's savage like a, a, a saltwater species. Mm. And so when you hook into one, you really do have a tiger by the tail. I and mean, then it's it's really an incredible experience. And then to be in the, you know, the Amazon rainforest and, and monkeys, howler monkeys and, and uh, you know, jaguar and tapir and all these exotic critters around there, it's a very... It's almost an alien experience rather than a foreign experience, and it's really, really tremendous. And, and to share that with family and, and get down there and, and see Nate just just have a ball was, was really special.
4: Yeah. Hey, we have to take another break. Uh, stick around. Sounds good. I'm here. Okay. We're talking with Chris Dorsey, and of course, he is the host of Sporting Classics TV. It's Sundays at 1030 Eastern Time.
3: On Outdoor Channel. This has been presented by My Outdoor TV. You can hop on, just hop on My Outdoor TV, type in Chris Dorsey. Lots of awesome action is going to come up. Uh, visit him at MyOutdoorTV.com Again, Mr. Chris, to learn more about you, everything you have going on, we can read weekly in Forbes, check you out on Fox News, your IMAX, your incredible hunts. everything you have going on. Where can we find you online, buddy?
5: You know, Sporting Classics TV, Instagram is is great, and Sporting TV. Account, and we've got a lot of stuff there as well.
2: You bet, Chris Dorsey. We'll be back right after this. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Hey, if we haven't told you in a while, thanks for listening. I love you, man. Okay, let's not let it get
1: weird. Don't move. The boys will continue next. Driven to succeed to explore, to never give up. I'm literally looking over the edge and scared to death. Tune in as Pat and Nicole Reeve pursue their lifelong quest for the perfect hunt. Facing off with Giant Game in North America's wildest locations. It's never easy, but they keep the drive alive.
0: It is truly a once in a lifetime experience.
1: Driven with Pat and Nicole, Tuesdays at 9.30 Eastern, on Outdoor Channel.
0: High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com.
2: Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Chasing Adventure is on today's broadcast. Now, once again, here's Chris Dorsey, host of Sporting Classics TV, Sundays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel, brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. Part 3 starts right now.
4: Hey, we're back. We're talking chasing adventures on this week's show. Of course, we've chased uh, Chris Dorsey all across Africa, and now we're down in Bolivia. And, you know, earlier on, you alluded to the fact that you were watching your wife catch trout. And now we heard about your son catching the Dorado down in Bolivia. Uh, Is that something that you relish, the fact that you're able to raise your family up to enjoy the outdoors?
5: You know, you think about it and you go, how do you relate to your kids, right? I mean, you know, there's so many distractions, so many, you know, so many divergent interests these days from sports to social to whatever you know it and when you can get some time with your family, I think out on the out on the woods and the on the streams and the lakes, et cetera in the fields, you know that that's really magic for us and and that's to me how I relate to my kids and and I think a lot of your listeners are probably the same way, right you know it's mm-hmm. it's if you have those shared experiences, if you have those shared passions, you have a grounding, you have a common denominator to have a conversation to talk about and maybe that's just the hook to have a conversation about something deeper and more meaningful and more important in life although it's hard to imagine something more important than hunting but <laughs> but you know that that becomes the icebreaker to to get through but but I never want to lose that connection I always want to have that connection and I'm I really feel blessed to have two sons that that love the outdoors live it and and breathe it and and care about conservation as well. I mean, they're articulate about it, and so you know we have discussions and debates all the time, even when they were young and when they were seven, eight, nine years old, driving to school. We would have those conversations about, you know, what do you think about hunting? What did somebody, what did a teacher say to you about hunting? What was your reaction to that? Mm-hmm. And uh, so all, all that kind of stuff. Creating advocates, I think, is is sort of our generational gift, and and we keep working on that, and and I think it's uh, I think it's paid off.
3: Now with I think it's something like three percent, Mr. Chris, of the American population actually hunts Um, that it it truly is devastating because, you know, in our community and the people that we surround ourselves with, like you and your friends, we all hunt. So all we really know are hunters. How do we change the conversation? And that's what you're talking about, approaching this proactively how do we change that number? How do we recruit more? I know there's the 3R system or whatever it is. Um, but you know, there there's gotta be more that we can be doing. What do you think that is?
5: Well, that's at the crux of our entire industry. That's the perfect question mm. because it's really it's really all about what we're going to do going forward. How do we communicate our narrative to the mainstream. How do we make sure we build bridges that are, are on scale, are delivering the messages to, to people living in New York, Chicago and Los Angeles, et cetera. So they at least have an understanding of the narrative, right? The fact that hunting is conservation. Here's what we've done for hunting and, and conservation. Here's, here's our, our results. And I, I just did an interview with Joey Jones, one of my favorite guys on Fox News. And, and that was the question. It was really defining uh, environmentalists versus conservationists, and, mm-hmm. and and the environmentalists are are kind of a different animal. I mean, they're behind the Green New Deal and fifty trillion in proposed spending with no no guarantee of results out, uh, for our climate out of that. And then there's the conservationists: the, the Ducks Unlimited, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundations, and Pheasants Forever, Rough Grouse Society, Wild Salmon, the whole the whole Camo Coalition, if you will, <laughs> that really doesn't make a lot of noise they make a difference yeah. and they do it on ground and and so my point to the audience was simply if you want to help the environment you know, don't go with those guys that are shouting from the mountaintops but really don't do anything on ground. Go with these guys over here that are really making a difference. You know, Ducks Unlimited saving fifteen million acres of habitat now in their history. And in the you know, twenty plus billion dollars that have been raised by sixty five million hunters and anglers across the country through Pittman Robertson and Dingle Johnson. Self-imposed excise taxes, right? I mean, sportsmen came to Congress. Imagine that, and said, "We want to be taxed because we want to create a fund for the future of, of conservation and habitat and, and the wild critters on our continent." I mean, that's just unheard of. But but we did, and and then it's billions more that it's contributed to these to these nonprofit conservation organizations like DU and Elk Foundation and the rest of them. And then it's, you know, billions more in license fees, the, the federal duck stamp program, which what? Pays for the National Wildlife Refuge System. So these are the people making a difference. But, but to your first question, how do we communicate that? And, yeah. and we've got to, we, we own the narrative. It's not as if we don't have a good story to tell. We have a tremendous story, but we've got to build bridges into the mainstream and tell that story and do it repeatedly on scale. So the masses understand that. And and the reason we have to do that is, as you say, we're only about 3% of the population when it comes to the number of hunters in America. We're not going to overwhelm Washington with our numbers, but we, we punch well above our weight class by virtue of what we've contributed to conservation. And they need to know that. The rest of the country needs to understand that. So part of what we're doing on the IMAX realm, for instance, was you know this wings over water film that's in theaters all over the country, actually all over the world in four or five languages right now you know, is is really celebrating a, a place up in Canada that has all these amazing wetlands. And Ducks Unlimited's been a key part of that. They're doing these amazing screenings all over the country now for their their, their donors, their members and influencers and politicians. They're going to do them in Washington. So as legislation comes up, the people making decisions on that and the funding that goes with that will understand what's at stake here. And, and so the power of it really, to me, kind of goes back to what Ansel Adams did with his photography so many years ago, where he photographed El Capitan and Yosemite and those places, took it to Washington. They said, oh, my God, this is so tremendous. We, we've got to preserve it. We've got to save it. And and really, that's the power, I think, of what we're doing in IMAX. And And we've got multiple films coming now, one on the Great Salt Lake, which is which is under significant duress, as you may or may not know, and oh, yeah. and so we're we're trying to do that, and it creates a conversation that goes into television, it goes into. You know, newspaper and, and uh, all sorts of other media that's talking about it, right? And that's, that's sort of the approach we're taking on. How do we create a national conversation about conservation? And then people just don't care about what they don't understand. So how do we make sure they understand the importance of these wild places? And that's, That's really at the genesis of what we're trying to do in that space. But it's all about it's all about mainstreaming this message.
3: Well, I think that's it's really interesting because of, you know, Sporting Classics TV and the other shows you have produced in the past. That is really what your shows are about. You know, it is about the people, the culture, the conservation, the animals that is what you highlight, and that is the focus. You know, you don't go somewhere, Mr. Chris, and you're like, hey, I'm Chris Dorsey. No, I mean, you go there, and you want to fit in. You want to be blend. a part of the community. And that is the the feeling you get watching your shows is entirely different from any other show on Outdoor Channel. Um, and, and I think it's funny that you say those words because that is what you have always conveyed uh, in your television shows as well.
5: Well and I appreciate you guys noticing. <laughs> but I, I I think I think it's just my DNA, right? I mean I'm a biologist by training and I just I I always I always love the story, the bigger story. What's the story behind the story? I mean, yes, we're going hunting. Let's let's take Jason Russos in, in who's a professional hunter in Ethiopia. That family, the Russos family, basically with the help of Dick Cabela saved the mountain in Yala as a species, a very, very small range in Ethiopia, and without the efforts to protect that ecosystem in the in the Bali Mountains, that species very likely wouldn't even exist anymore. So that's just one example of, of thousands across the planet, but but I love those stories. I love telling those stories. They're, they're cautionary tales, but they're interesting, and in the meantime, we're going to go on our hunting journey, so we're not <laughs> going to deprive you of the the adventure of the hunt, but along the way, Maybe we can learn something together. Maybe we can we can grow together. Maybe we can create a, a bigger, more important voice down the line. And and so that's that's always been my motivation. It's just a personal passion, and and uh, that's how I guess as a company we've built the DNA to to tell those stories.
4: Yeah. Hey, Chris, we got to take another break. Got it. Isn't that good? <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, hey, we're talking. <laughs> I love that. Hey, we're talking with Chris Dorsey, and of course, he is the host of Sporting Classics. TV, Sundays at 1030 Eastern Time. So stick around
3: for more Chris Dorsey. That's right. This has been presented by uh, High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine. Your Mountain Iowa. Yeah, at uh, jerky.com Again, Mr. Chris, to find you online, where do we have to go, buddy?
5: You know, SportingClassicsTV.com or uh, TV sportingclassicstv. Instagram. Either one. You bet. More Chris Dorsey right after this. The Revolution with Jim and
2: Trav, connoisseurs of really cheap beer. Um, does this come in a 30-pack? Connect with the show on social media and the brand new Trav.com. Stick around. The Revolution will continue right after these messages.
6: Last year I went into it not 100% knowing what I was in for.
1: Laramie Sasquatch Miller is back on the trail.
6: I know what to expect and I'm going in full force.
1: Battling the elements using every tool at his disposal.
6: Learning from the past and applying it to the future is what keeps us going. The Trail,
1: Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel.
2: Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand in hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snack and sticks, buckboard bacon, finishing sauces, rubs and shakers, marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. The Revolution with Jim and Travis Chasing Adventure this week. Now, let's get back to Chris Dorsey, host of Sporting Classics TV, Sundays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part four. Hey, we are
4: back. This is the fourth and final edition
3: of chris dorsey on the revolution with jim and Trav, mr chris obviously you run a very successful business you're a, you're a wonderful businessman all of your adventures though seem to really focus on and you mentioned it like tanzania it hasn't changed in centuries you know you really try to find those old world old school places is it ever kind of disheartening for you since you do a lot of big business, you're on, you know, Fox News all the time and stuff like that? Is it hard for you when you find like who you really are and you visit Tanzania and you're back in the woods or you're off in Bolivia somewhere to come back to the regular world that's all hustle and bustle and we don't appreciate? <laughs> is that tough for you?
5: Here here's the thing that I think, you know, is interesting to me is that that, you know, the challenge is never take a day off. You know, the reality is we're always going to be confronted. It's not like we're ever going to solve all of our conservation issues and, and wild lands. We got to look, we got a growing human population and that, that's going to create a lot of demands on on the environment and, and how we adjust to that, how we, how we manage that and how we take care of the wildlife and all that. And in that context, I think is, our, is everyone's challenge. At the end of the day, everybody wants a, a clean planet. They want a healthy, Environment they want lots of wildlife, but at what cost, right? And how do we how do we pursue that? How do we make sure people understand that there's a there's a give and take here? You can have these other these other development things, but what are you willing to give up? And how do we balance that? And and so for me, it's it's you know it's always a how do we share that with the audience to get them engaged? I mean, I, I'll recall going down to, we did we did a series called Buccaneers and, and Bones, mm-hmm. which was a bunch of high profile guys and. On Outdoor Channel, it was uh, Tom Brokaw, Michael Keaton, Huey Lewis, all these guys. We took them down to Belize to go fishing, and, and Belize is an amazing country. It's a rich coastal ecosystem or so i thought and and we got down there and we're in a reserve at this lodge and literally as i go uh, kind of across an inlet to start weight fishing along the the shoreline which is really out to the ocean at that point we're right right on the edge of the ocean and and there's there's literally 10 feet thick of trash on that shoreline as far as I could see, I oh, mean, wow. miles, miles, and miles of it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I was, I was absolutely stunned that in this piece of the planet, in a place that's that's always marketing its its amazing beauty and natural wonder, et cetera, that the entire shoreline of this reserve, a, a wild reserve, was completely covered in trash. Where it came from, I don't know. But it was just so appalling. I mean, all of us, and I had Yvonne chenard was there as well, the founder of Patagonia, wow. who's like the crying Indian, right? On the, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, <laughs> he, he is, you know, and and we're all just appalled, you know. And and it's like, what can we do? We got to stop this, for God's sake. How do how do we how do we as as a species allow this to happen? I mean, talk about fouling your own nest, and and yet you know that's happening. And and again, this is part part of the issue Tanzania has with you know unlimited growth of cattle i think there's now 30 some million head of cattle in uh, in tanzania and there used to be about 10 million not that many years ago and wow. and so this exponential growth is not sustainable and so we got to figure it out right we've got to be engaged we've got to be involved and and uh and we can figure it out at the end of the day we can find resolution on this i i just firmly believe that i'll be a i'll be an optimist on that i'm not willing to to say the planet's done and and uh, pack your bag so so anyway, I want to be a part of that, and, and that's that's what, in in whatever capacity I can reach people, I try and do that kind of stuff, whether it's Forbes or Sporting Classics and, and uh, the television series, whatever. Whatever I can do is what I, I do, and I think that's kind of what we all try and do, right? You guys do that with your great radio show and, and engage people to tell those stories, and And uh, so anyway, that's that's what we're here to do. So
3: you're by far probably one of our favorite guests ever to have on the show. What do you have in the future? Like. What we look forward to having you on, what are you looking forward to your adventures moving forward, elevating Sporting Classics TV? Kind of give us a little highlight of what you have in the future, Mr. Chris.
5: Well, let me just say how much fun it's been to work with Sporting Classics. You know, I I found that magazine 30-plus years ago Wow! just on a newsstand once upon a time, and I thought, wow, this – they made this magazine for me. How did they know? I mean <laughs> yeah. you know, they they literally every single page had something of interest and in, between the quality of the writing and, and the adventure aspect of it, which spoke to my DNA and the beauty of the package itself. It was it was something that, you know, the chance to bring that to life on television. And and so where does that go from here? I mean, you know, we're we're doing multiple IMAX films in this natural history conservation based and can we transform the way America sees the environment and conservation and and frankly sportsmen and and women's role in that. Um th- that's a huge passion of mine. I mean, my DNA is is really all focused at this point on how do we mainstream the hunting conservation message before it's too late. We, we've got to make sure, and, and we're seeing this in Africa, right? I mean, trophy import bans to the UK and now coming to America, which is going to be devastating to the well of Africa. I feel like I've got a responsibility to help tell that story and, and SCI has done some great work on that, but, but they need help amplifying that messaging, turning up the volume. And, and we, we're in a position to do that. So that's what we're trying to do and working with all sorts of partners to do that, whether it's, you know, the corporate world or the conservation world, the media world and uh, so we're doing that all the time and it's it's always trying to crack that code how do we deliver it on scale how do we how do we tell this message to the mainstream and you saw Johnny Morris had a great ad in in the Super Bowl a couple Mm -hmm. years ago at a speech in in Nashville I talked about to the industry I said where is our Super Bowl ad where where is our our mainstream speakers bureau to the to the mainstream camera ready people ready to go the next time there's a Cecil issue boom we're all all over the airway talking about the importance of hunting and conservation how that helps lions not hurts lions and and all those kinds of things and and so was nice to see not that Johnny did it because I made this comment the speech but it was really cool to see Bass Pro Shops you know do this great ad in in uh, the Super Bowl which was outdoor lifestyle celebrating that and and what a what a great use of advertising dollars to the mainstream so how do we how do we draft off of that as a category and and get into the school systems, part of what we're doing with with these IMAX films is carving them up in short form, taking them out to 10,000 school systems Mm. through a very proprietary pipeline, we're now reaching 15% of all the school-aged children in America with our messaging. Oh, wow. So this is a scale that's never been reached. I mean, this has never been done in the conservation realm. So it's it's really been fun to build the architecture of, of how to do this, take it out there, and move the cultural needle. That's, at the end of the day, what, what it's all about. My gosh,
4: you bet. Hey, uh, we have been with you since you built your cabin up in Montana, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and you know how long ago that's been. And wow. the fact of the matter, your dangerous game, I remember the first show that I ever saw was two guys hunting bear coming out of hibernation. Do you
5: remember that? Yeah. Wow. That's a long time ago. We criminy. What a been, memory you
4: have. Well, we have been following you because you're so... God dang, interesting! And
3: I can't hardly stand it. I know it. I'd rather watch you than my wife. You said no one ever gets too much Africa. I say no one gets enough Chris Dorsey. Christa, that's that's the truth, man. You are such. Uh, there's no one better to represent the outdoor industry. You 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 speak to all ages, genres. Uh, you're just an incredible man, and we appreciate you coming on the show, buddy.
5: Well, it's always a, always a gift to be on. You guys know your game, and you ask great questions and. Besides that, you're a lot of
3: fun. Dude, same back at you. All right, so Sporting Classics TV, all new season five. You have to watch it Sundays, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Outdoor Channel. You can also get it Mondays, 12.30 p.m., Tuesdays, 7.30 a.m., Thursdays, 2.30 p.m. Again, that is Sundays, 4.30 and 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And it runs all throughout 2023. This has been brought to you by Outdoor Channel, uh, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. One last time, Mr. Chris, to find you online. Where do we have to go, buddy?
5: SportingClassicsTV.com and uh, Instagram, Sporting Classics TV. You bet.
3: Hey, and coming up next is the creme de la creme of catfishing, Cat Daddy. That's right. That's the cherry on top of this Sunday. All <laughs> right, Mr. Chris, God bless you. We love you so much, buddy. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Thanks for listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. We think you should still continue to listen. In fact, keep listening until we tell you you're finished listening. We'd hate for you to have some sort of accident. If you know what we mean, stay tuned. The Revolution will continue right after these messages thanks for tuning into the revolution with Jim and Trav now here's our catfish and guru the proprietor of the beanhole and a man with over 250 pairs of overalls cat daddy brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles check them out at yamaha motorsports.com here are the boys hey we are back we're
4: talking! Chasing Adventures on this week's show. Yeah, I got that right, didn't I? (laughs) Yep. Hey, and before the break, we had Chris Dorsey. What an interesting guy. Four-part interview with him. And man, he had a lot of things to say that none of them were good about
3: us, though. He said bad things about us, but not about Cat Daddy. And that is why we are in Topeka, Kansas with the world-renowned catfishing expert, Mr. Cat Daddy. What is the catfish bite like right now?
7: Well, I tell you, boys, they're hot to trot. Hot to oh. trot. School's of baby shad up there. We've been catching slow, medium-sized blue cats. Nothing great big like 60 or 70, but some damn good, nice-eating, you know, blue cats right around 10, 15, 20 pounds.
4: Oh, that's a nice fish. Now, the thing is, they're going after this year's
7: spawn? Yeah, they're just baby shad, probably. Oh, I, I'd say about two and a half, three inches long. Man, uh, the the channel cats and the blue cats, and, and the, even the flatheads. We've been catching a few small flatheads up in there. But it's kind of crazy because all that bay fish is up in that hot water, shallow. Mm-hmm. And usually them blue cats aren't in that hot water this time of year. Yeah, Channel cats are, but the blues aren't. But they're thick in there now because them sheds everywhere. <laughs>
4: hey, Cat Day, i got to ask you this question. You get down in Oklahoma, and you're going down the road, and you see a lot of catfish heads on fence posts. Have you ever done that?
7: Oh, yeah. A long time ago, we used to put them old flatheads and, you know, whack them off the fish and nail them up to the old wooden fence and, Yeah, mama used to get pretty mad at me, you know, (laughs) put in my mother. -hmm. Because the snake was just terrible. But boy, you could really show off what you caught then. Everybody be going down the alley looking and slowing down. Yeah, but you
3: live in town.
7: Well, my neighbors never liked it either, though.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No sense of humor. So, Cat Daddy, if people want to get out on the water with you, obviously you're going to want to take your sunscreen, your good libations, stay hydrated. Do you have anything available?
7: Don't forget the ice cold Pepsi, boys. Yeah, I sure do. I got. I got everything available for anybody who wants to go.
4: You bet. Hey, if you'd like to write old Cat Daddy and send him a picture of your bean hole, you can. <laughs> you can email him at Cat Daddy underscore one. At msn.com.
3: Yeah, keep it PG. The yes. old bean hole. Cat Daddy, where can we find you online?
7: services.com.
3: All right, this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online, check them out, yamahamotorsports.com. Mr. Cat Daddy, God bless you. We love you, buddy.
7: The screaming bean hole, boys. The
2: screaming
1: bean hole.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. The revolution with Jim and Trav will continue in a few moments. Hit up For lots of cool extras from the show. Reimagine every adventure, every terrain, every incredible memory. The Yamaha Wolverine family of side-by-side vehicles help you reimagine off-road capability, comfort, and confidence. Available right now at your local Yamaha dealer. With the Wolverine R-Max 21000 and R-Max 41000, recreation meets sport and maximum power meets maximum comfort and versatility. And with the Wolverine X2 and X4850, extreme terrain meets its match. Find your Yamaha Wolverine at your local Yamaha dealer or at Motorsports.com. That's YamahaMotorsports.com.
0: Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specification subject to change. Chocolate
6: lovers, Michael Horn here along with J.D. Jeremy Dayton. We've got a special offer for them if they love chocolate. Am I right, J.D.? Oh, yeah. Go to -to vinedabar.com and put in the code CHOCOLATE20, you get 20% off your order. Now, here's the thing. Vine to bar chocolate is dark chocolate mixed in with the Chardonnay mark. That's the skins of the Chardonnay. So you get all mm. the health benefits of the wine, the health benefits of the dark chocolate, and you get some very delicious chocolate with Himalayan salt, so many great different varieties, mm. but you have to go to the website. It's vinetobar.com, and the code is CHOCOLATE20. You like chocolate, J.D., am I right? Oh, I like me some chocolate too much. Yes. Too much. Go to VineTabar and put in chocolate twenty to get twenty percent off your order. Again, Vine to Bar, V I N E T O B A R dot com, the code chocolate, C H O C O L A T E twenty. Vine to bar chocolate chocolate twenty
4: great show everyone we just gotta get out of here man this is it oh no this sounds serious and real
2: this concludes the revolution with jim and trav this week
4: what the hell are you still doing here
2: don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at jimandtrav.com
4: Travis, I got tired out from carrying all those boxes on that safari with Chris Dorsey. I do it every single time, though. Yeah, yeah. But the show was wonderful with a four-part interview with Chris Dorsey. And I got to tell you, Cat Daddy is over the top. Wonderful guys, both of them. Thanks for listening. Jimbo, last word. Hey, it's summer. Take a kid fishing and
3: really enjoy the time out there with you and your family. Exactly. And hammer home firearm safety, boys and girls. It is imperative. We will return next week, boys and girls. Peace out, guys. God bless you. We love you so much. And God bless the United States of America.